Hello and welcome everybody to this week's edition of Off the Mound with Ryan Dempster podcast presented by Sloan. I'm your host, Ryan Dempster. As usual, I want to give a shout out and a thank you to our sponsor, Sloan. Their hands-free technology is truly state-of-the-art in a league of their own and couldn't come at a better time. Sloan's technology is keeping our hands nice and clean and safe during this tough COVID-19 time. Always appreciate Sloan and everything they do to keep everyone out there safe and healthy during this time. What a guest we got. Former teammate, friend for, man, over two decades now. Chicago's own, yeah. right, the pride of Thornwood <laughs> High School down there on the south side. Flip Floyd, uh, what's up, my pal? What's good, man? All is good, bro. I can't complain. I how really was, can't. How you doing? It was Thanksgiving. It was good. Um, you know, it, it, it pays, I guess, to have some rich friends that, uh, you know, took us on a yacht out to the Bahamas, um, <laughs> did the whole quarantine thing with them. It, it, it was awesome. I mean, uh, I couldn't ask for a better one. How about you? Yeah, it was great. And very, very small and simple. I had a little, uh, a little dinner with the kids, and then actually was uh, was out at uh, our home in Oregon, and just uh, had a little, uh, little small, little meal there, and uh, kept it simple. So uh, didn't didn't cut yeah. shy on the turkey though. I, I ate that for three days. So <laughs> Dude, it's time to throw the leftovers speak. out, bro. So <laughs> that's right. They're, they were gone three days, and that's it. They don't last any longer than that, anyways. Um, speaking of Thanksgiving, family. It's all about family. And you know, eating you, your son Tobias is a beast now, man. He's he is he is one uh, big little dude because he's he's in high school, but he's uh, he's following your footsteps. Talk talk about what he's up to yeah. now, dominating out on the field. You know, everything everything is so hard, man. You know, he has asthma like that, unfortunately, and um, the hardest part was keeping him off the football field. That's what he wants to do. Um, we got people down here that can help him out. Um, Brandon Marshall has a, an amazing gym over here where we live uh, down here in Fort Lauderdale and Weston. And with having asthma, um, you know, we, we talked about it as a, as a unit here in the house. And I was just like, man, I don't know if I trust it because it was too early in the process and they had a lot of preparation. So I kept him off the football field. He is playing basketball. They have a different protocol in place. But dude is getting, he's about 6'2. Uh, 180, 190, and uh, growing every day, trying to get himself better. But I told him it's up to him to be dope, man. You you can't count on dad consistently every day to get you right. He's getting right, so hopefully, uh, you know, I told him, look, I'm not saying make it to the to the league, man. But can you get dad a scholarship so I can get so he can get out of my pockets? That's all I'm asking. <laughs> That's right, man. College is expensive, dude. Like. And then, and then the one thing I like, you know, I see Brady too, my son. I like when they kind of get bigger because then you don't have to buy clothes for him anymore. They can just wear your closet, which is nice. Bro, I go in my closet, Dem, and I'm like, I know for a fact that I put these J's <laughs> right here. I go in this cat's <laughs> room, man, in his closet. He like that. I didn't mess him up. I'm like, bro, stay out my closet, bro. Stay out my closet. Dude, when you see him now, you know, kind of, does it bring you back? you know, uh, as he's growing and going in through these stages to you, you know, here you were, you know, in the south side of Chicago, um, down South Holland, going to Thornwood High School, um, coming out, getting drafted by the Expos. Like, you're going from Chicago to Montreal. What was that like? Man, you know, it, it does take me back. And I actually thought about it before I even came on the show today, Demp. I was like, look, 
man, this, this I was trying to figure out when did I get that it's to be the man, like in my mind, not everybody else's mind, not worrying about what people think, but like the itch for me to be dope. And it was like maybe 15, 16, I was trying to dunk. I was trying to do things that I probably couldn't do. I could jump, but I, I was tall and all these things. But I was, I was, you know, I was just this lanky, awkward, you know, running type dude. And I was trying, I was just an athlete. That was my label. But it takes me back because when you make that transition, there's no time to wonder if you have your big boy pants on or not. You got to come with, you got to come with it to be in the league. And you know that just as much as I know, you know, nobody waiting on you. There's nothing you know, the game is not going to wait on you. So going from Chicago and trying to figure out like, was this, was this it for me? Was, uh, was something that I thought about a lot after the fact, after my career, because I'm like, man, I hope he can understand that it ain't going to happen overnight, but you got to put the work in. And, um, you know, as a, as a, as a dad, you worry about, is he going to have enough in him to be that dude that's hungry because he thinks, you know, dad is cool and he can take care of him just if, if he falls on his face. I'll be able to pick him up, but he has to do for himself. You know, um, coming up with the Expos, I, I always thought about the 94 team, and that was your first full years in the big league. And to me, that is arguably one of the best teams we've ever seen that we never got to see finish it out because of the strike. What was that team like? I mean, yeah. you guys were loaded, dude. Man, we, we was, it was different. Um, I try to look at that team – you know, uh, and compared to 97 team, uh, compared to the 08 team. And when I say 97, that's Marlins down here when we won the World Series. And in 08 with the Rays, there was no comparison to them. We were loaded on another level. Um, Felipe Alou had really good problems as far as depth. You know, you look <laughs> at these depth charts these days and you're like, well, this guy and this guy, it didn't matter to him. It, it was like, yo, you, he has enough. The team was on another we were so good that I remember Larry Walker, Hall of Fame Larry Walker, thank goodness. And a bunch of the cast would be playing cards at like 655. My game is at 705. And I'm saying to myself, well, I, know, I know we playing, but these cats would run on the field like it was nothing and get the job done so, so consistently. And you're probably saying, well, they didn't teach the youngster anything. They taught me a lot. And you know what? It, it was about being ready all the time, accountability. That's what they taught. So um, yeah, they, we showed up. The level was on a, the, the town was on another level. And uh, it's unfortunate we didn't get a chance to show face and, and win that series for the, you know, for those Canadians. I, I felt like, too, you know, being a Canadian, I'd get up on Saturday mornings, watch the French Channel and watch those Saturday afternoon games. And I felt like that 94, if that, if that would have happened. I felt like maybe there would still be baseball in Montreal because you would have saw maybe people just gravitate towards that a little bit more. But you're right. Like, you guys came to win every single day and whoop some dudes. You had yeah. two closers, you know, John Wetland and, yeah. and Rojas. I mean, it was – you guys yeah. were nasty. Um, and, and to learn from those guys, how important was that, you know, when we, when we see young players – you were talking about Tobias, but young players in the big leagues, to be able to learn from veteran guys the way you were able to learn from those guys. Well, I think the biggest thing for me was to be able to bottle up that that learning process and be able to pass it on. That's, that to me is the biggest challenge for any player that wants to give back uh, and sort of be that guy 
Um, well, not even patting yourself on the back saying, yo, I got David Wright to the league or I got Jose Reyes to the league. No, I didn't get none of those guys to the league. I helped them deal with some of the circumstances that was going to show face to them when they got to the league. Hey, make time for yourself. Don't always be sitting there waiting on the media to come and do all this. No, do you first, then get ready to play, and then after the game, stand at your locker uh, and, and sort of hold court, whatever you have to do, but be prepared. So when I, when I was there, Larry Walker, Marquise Grissom, um, Kenny Hill, Darren Fletcher, I can go down that whole list. We all was in it together, but they were teaching me every single day how to be a big league player, how to go about your business, how to do certain things that's going to put you in a position to get, I didn't know if I was going to get two years of 18, Dem. I had no idea, right? So, you know, I dealt with so much adversity, but I had great dudes around me. And I always say for a young guy, if you want your guys to be super good uh, or you want to maximize you know who they are potential wise you better have some good dudes in that clubhouse i know a lot of managers say it's overrated but i surely don't think so and then you go from montreal and at the end of spring training 1997 you get traded to the florida marlins and you you go to another powerhouse man like a loaded loaded team and have a chance to win a world series there like how much fun yeah. were you having those couple of years man i was having a blast but i was also thinking damn i ain't gonna play <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm like, hold up, bro. Like, I'm, I'm getting traded to these places while they great. And I got a ring to show and all those good things that go along with the game. Man, I was like, man, I ain't even going to touch the field because I was driving down 95, right? I'm like driving. I'm like, man, because yeah, I got traded in spring training. So I was in West Palm and I had to go to Vieira. And it was about an hour and a half, two hours, whatever it was, maybe a little bit more. It gave me a lot of time to think. And I was driving up 95, going north, and I'm like, yo, bro, hold up. Gary Sheffield, Moise Lou, Devon White, and Jeff Conan, who was Mr. Marlin. <laughs> where am I playing at? Left out? Yeah. That's what it was. I bet and that was I better get real good at that was mental. <laughs> I gotta be real good at pitching about, real quick. You better believe it. And that and to me, that's why I always you know, you hear these cats talk about how they have to be on the field. And I got to put, I get it. We all felt that way. You, you, you felt that way. You went from starter, closer, you did what you needed to do. And that's what you have to do at the big league level for me is like, yo, man, adapt. You know, understand what's given to you and try to be the best at that. And guess what? When your time to play every day comes, don't miss it again. And that's what I was trying to do. Yeah, man. Well, and, I, and you said something right there off the top of the, coming out of the break there was, um, you know, opportunity. And, you know, you had a little bit of opportunity, but you were kind of stuck behind people in, in the Expos. You were come to the Marlins and then you, you named all those superstars that were in front of you. Now, all of a sudden, 1998 comes and all these guys get traded away. And now you get your opportunity and you made the most of that. And then you became a leader for us young guys because we were we were really green when we all came up. I mean. You know, there was more rookies than there was veterans around. And, you know, to see you go out there and thrive like that, you know, how much did that opportunity to be able to just go out and play every day um, kind of catapult your career to the next level? Well, I have to be honest with you. Uh, and, you know, this, this is real. You know me. I, you know, I don't sugarcoat nothing. I knew on our teams when we had the opportunity, talking about the 98 Marlins, getting the chance to play, and then getting all the boys, you, Millar, D. Lee, we can go down a list of all the cats, Preston. Um, 
I knew who were the special ones of the group, who was going to show face every single day we crossed that, dot, that, that, that white line. And to me, that, that was the most important. And I think it sort of catapulted us and put us in a position to be what we are today, to be able to sit here and you hosting your show and us doing this you know, MLB Network stuff. And all the things we have goes back to our resume of what we was able to do early on. And I'm telling you, it meant a lot to, to be able to look across because our locker was right directly across from one another and see how you prepared every fifth day and see it not just for the fifth day, but it was getting to the fifth day. See, people always think, oh, yep. you go out there every fifth day and it's like, yo, I got to go out there and perform. Yeah. What if you don't? Well, then you got to get ready for the next one. But how you went about your business to get to that fifth day, put you in a position to where you are today. That's just how I feel. So that's what makes me proud of you because I know it goes all the way back to when we started our whole sort of our career for ourselves. I mean, we was in the league, but we was, you know, getting our feet wet. But when we established ourselves, I think it put us in a position to, to have life after the game. And, I, and, and, and that's all you really want. You know, when, when, when for me, everybody, some people want to go to the Hall of Fame. Cool. I, I did too. But I, if it didn't work, you better have a plan B. So the plan B gives me an opportunity to still stay alive in this game that I love, man. So much love to you as well. I, I just always think about, you know, baseball is built on failure so much. You know, a Hall of Fame hitter fails seven out of ten times. Uh, you're going to lose games as pitchers. Yeah. I said that's what, that's what Florida prepared us the best for. We knew how to lose <laughs> as good as anybody. You know, we go to Atlanta, get a, get a three-day tutorial on how to play baseball from the Braves. And, and, like, <laughs> and it really did, I think. You know, when you look back, you said that 98, you're talking about multiple guys with 10-year careers. Um, and a lot of that, our foundation in Florida, and we're still great friends to this day with all of those guys because of that, you know, kind of what we went through together. Um, you get traded away from there. You go to Montreal again, and then you get traded yeah. to Boston. You have a great, a great stint in Boston for, for a little bit. You become a free agent for the first time, you know, and be able to make some money. You go to New York and you get to play for the Mets in New York. Um, and, and really, really, you know, um, had, you know, a couple of years where you battled through some injuries, but then a breakout year, big, big year. Um, you know, what, what was it like playing in the Big Apple, man? Like playing in New York is is a different bird right there. And, and, and I know how hard it can be. Yeah, you play in some big markets, so you definitely know. And, and I think the biggest thing for me was just dealing with the media. And, and then I had to check myself a lot. Like when you play and you have three, you know, beat writers, you ain't tripping. Like I'm going, I'm like, yeah, yeah, we good. I'll see you tomorrow, Clark Spencer. I'll see you tomorrow. You know what I'm saying? Like, we good. Yeah. And y'all don't feel like talking tonight. Cool, cool, cool. In New York, it's like, you don't feel like talking? Okay, we'll just put you on the back cover with some uh, tears and a little diaper on with a pacifier in your mouth. That's cool. Is that cool with you? I'm like, no, nah, it ain't cool. <laughs> so I, I, I understood that. And I was like, all right. When I, when I mentioned the opportunity, you know, when I got my chance again, like, I was like, all right, this is your chance, not only opportunity-wise, but the brightest lights, biggest stage in New York City. Fans were on you. And I realized this, and I always tell youngsters, even when I'm talking to them today, I'm like, look, run hard. That's all you have to do. 0 for 4, make, run hard, play hard, do what you have to do on the field that's going to allow you to come off, throw that day away, and move on to the next. But you got you, you, you to run hard. That's all they ask you to do in New York. They love me for that. 
I played hard. I didn't know I was hurt, but I, I never tried to say, hey, you know, my Achilles is really bothering me today. I'm probably not going to be, you know, my best. I didn't need to say that. All I needed to do was go out there and play all, I, you know, give all I could. And I think that helped me through New York, man. That helped me sort of settle in. And not that the fans always were there cheering me on and giving me love. It was like I respected them. They respected me. And if you do that in New York, I think you enjoy a lot more. People go, are you playing for the fans? Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. yeah. I know I'm getting paid on the first and 15th, but I'm playing for the fans. Absolutely. Yeah. They're the ones that pay a ticket, you know, the money for the ticket to come to the game. And, you know, when you talk about playing hard, you know, Mike Piazza, your catcher there, dude, he ground ball a pitcher and it was full sprint to first base. Like he was going to beat it out with a piano tied to his back and there's no chance he's getting there, <laughs> but he, he was going and, and yeah, he was a great player, but they appreciated him for his effort. And I always say that about fans. If yeah. you give effort, they will give you love back and they will give you compassion when you're going through tough times. So you, you couldn't be All more day. right about that. Um, speaking of fans uh, and, and, you know, after New York, you get a chance. Um, and it was for one season, but it was great because we got to be teammates again and you get to come yeah. back to Chicago where, you know, where you're from, where you're born. Um, and you get to put the Cub uniform on. What was that like? How special was that for you and your family to be able to be oh. back in Chicago? So this might be long-winded, but I'm going to try to keep it short. I know we're on TV, so yeah, I, know, I, I know that's, yeah, I you know. So so I had no idea I was going to play in Chicago. I hate day games. You know, you, you and I both know <laughs> that I hate day games. Well, you're, so, you're uh, usually just getting in about that time, so. Right. So when we have to be on the field, I'm fighting <laughs> me in about five, five. No, I'm just <laughs> But um, <laughs> I, 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 I get there, man, and. I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, yo, this is a chance to be around dad. Dad was a little sick, but he wasn't sick. This is 07. He wasn't really sick, sick, but he had had kidney failure and dealing with a lot of, you know, uh, medical uh, situations. Um, and he got really sick in 07, like really sick, to the point where when I went out one day after a game, had a good game, went out, was going to have dinner, and he gets in the car and he's like, I said, Pops, man, you just walked from the house to the, to the car, man. What's that? He was like, man, I don't know. And um, I said, I'm, about, I'm getting choked up a little bit right now. But I said to him, I said, well, I said, just go get checked out, man. Make sure you're good. And I said, you know, we got into it a little bit. I was like, I told you, you got to get in better shape, man. You got to take care of yourself. 57 years old. I ain't thinking he, 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 he leaving here, right? I ain't thinking he leaving this earth. Man. It just got to the point where he couldn't shake it, uh, and you could see him deteriorating slowly. And I, I remember looking in his hospital uh, room, and he was on the bed, and he was looking out. Like, I couldn't go in the room because the doctor was doing something, and he just looked out at me for, like, to me, that was the last time. and. I felt like the only thing, and, and if you don't believe in God, you got to believe in something. That was faith. That was, that was, that was everything that I, that I know had to happen for me to see my pops more than I, I, I saw him in my career uh, because I spent a lot of time with him. The luxury of having a day game, having dinner with them, being able to hang with him after the game, even when I wasn't going to have dinner with them. That, that was it, man. That was it. 
and 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 that'll always be one of my special years. Forget the World Series rings, forget the Emmys up here, forget all that. Like I remember this strong dude slowly leaving my my life, but I felt like no more pain, I'm good. And and I remember him saying uh, sort of his last thing to me was, I want to go home. I thought he was coming back to the crib, home. But I think it was for him to go to heaven. So that, that was it for me in 07, and it was super dope. Another thing, it meant so much to me for y'all to be there at his funeral. Uh, I look up, I walk in, I'm not expecting y'all, I'm expecting to see family. You know what I'm saying? Y'all were family, but you know what I'm saying? We have responsibilities as, as ball players to be there and do our due diligence and stuff. And um, it was good to see my boys there, man. Much love, much for supporting their boy. And, and it got me through. It really did. It got me through. I wasn't coming back to the game. I was done. But it got me through to get me back out there. Uh, I think I met you guys in San Francisco. And that was a dope trip to get back out and just be around y'all. Well, and then, you know, baseball, our, our clubhouse is our family, and um, you've been my yeah. family for for, tw for over 20 years. And for us to be able to be there for you while you're being the rock for your mom and your family, um, you know, I, I couldn't agree more. When I thought about it at the time, I'm like, wow, like, you know, I do believe in fate. I do believe in things happening for a reason, and you being there for your family, um, you know, to be able to have all that quality time with Pops um, before he passed and, and he went home to heaven. Yeah. Uh, I, I couldn't be happier for you that you got that in your career, man, because you did so many great things on the baseball field. You deserve something uh, great uh, like that off the field to be able to be the support system for your family during a really tough time. So, um, okay. yeah, man, just uh, just just love you so much, man, like a brother and and, uh, and 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 glad that we were there. We were all there, but especially me, I was really glad that I was there for you because that was no a, that was no a doubt. tough time. man. yeah. Yeah. And, and even in those awesome. moments, man. I still I still think about that, like how strong you were in that moment. You're you're teaching us, your your fellow teammates, you know, how to persevere through the toughest of times because life isn't easy. So kudos to you, man. Cliffy, you are you are yeah. one great dude and uh and and so glad that you came and joined us here on Off the Mound. Um just uh just thrilled to have you on today. Thank you, man. You know, and and this is for me like you know, well, we're trying to get some normalcy back in our lives consistently, and we don't know which way to look every single day. It's, it's, well, I almost want, almost went and said every single day is, is, is different. No, every single day is the same right about now, right? Like every single day, pretty much I wake up, shower, eat, go to the golf course, uh, try to get my dudes right, try to get my girls right. Like it don't, you know, I'm looking for something like, oh, well, you go to the Bahamas. It's like, yes. Like last night, they canceled the game. Um, because he's playing hoops now, Tobias, and they canceled the game because a kid has symptoms. It's like, no, I needed this game. Like, I needed something different than sitting on the couch and watching, you know, whatever sports I can find. I, 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 I didn't turn to bowling now. Hell, I, I, I'm, gay. I, I'm watching PBA bowling. I don't even know what else to do. <laughs> like, it's just, hey, hey you, you know what I'm saying? Bro. I'll never forget that. Yeah. You, we were post-workout. I got to tell the story. So we're post-workout, me, you, and Mark Kotze. And I didn't know this. And you're like, hey, let's go grab some lunch. Let's go to the bowling alley. And I was like, man, all right, we'll go to the bowling alley. 
here comes Cliff rolling in with two pairs of shoes and two balls. And I'm like, what do you, what do you got two balls and two shoes for? You go, depend on what kind of lane it is. I'm like, lane? I'm just not trying to throw it in the gutter. Rolling out a 240, so you're sneaky good. Mookie Betts, Cliff Ford's coming for you. All right? Uh, hey, man. Oh, man. That, hey, that was, that was the funniest. Yo, that was hilarious, bro. Because, you know, for me, I'm like, well, I debated them bringing my stuff. I was like, nah, I should just throw it the house ball. And I don't want my boys to be tripping. I'm like, no, nah, I'm taking my ball. They ain't going to see me stink. You know what I'm saying? So, hey, man, hey, 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 I always try to bait these dudes in. But obviously, nah, I can't even go to the bowling alley, man. So my game is lacking <laughs> big time. Well, well no big matter time. whether you're bowling at, two, at 250, you're, 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 uh, you're, you're you're always the same, and that's what I love the most about you, man. It doesn't matter about fame, fortune, nothing. You've been the same person I've known since day one. So uh, thanks so much for joining us. If anybody wants to check out Cliff Boyd, listen to him on XM Radio. You can also see him on MLB Network doing tremendous things as an analyst. So, Cliffy, thanks so much for joining us here on Off the Mound. Anyways, if you enjoyed the conversation like we just had, you can hear more conversations like that one. All you have to do is download and subscribe to the Off the Mound with Ryan Dempster podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And it's all presented by our good friends at Sloan. Thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you later. Man.